You are listening to 353rd. I'm Anders Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow. Scott, how are things? Things are very good today, Anders, although it is on the heels of a sad day. It is. It, it, yesterday was a sad day, and it sort of does make today a sad day. The passing of Steve Jobs. What, I mean, I almost don't want to talk about this because it's, it's just such a big thing. And, uh, you know, what can you say? Yeah, I think uh, certainly it's been uh, it's been drummed to death today. Not to death, but uh, there's been so much talk about it. And I think for me, I don't I don't know of a uh, at least in my lifetime. I was thinking about this this morning of when a business leader has uh, has died that there's been this kind of reaction. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's certainly the Thomas Edison of these days, but I don't know that Tom certainly Thomas Edison didn't occupy the public spotlight to the degree, I think, that Steve Jobs did. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and it was obviously, it was a different era uh, yeah. where you didn't have access to the, uh, you know, uh, you, Thomas Edison wasn't on TV and wasn't, you know, doing developer conferences and launch, yeah. launching products on the internet. So He wasn't, but it, he was, so they were both innovators of their time. I mean, yep, I agree. That's the, that's the similarity. I mean, who else do, who else is in that pantheon, right? Yeah, there, I can't think of anybody, uh, you know, in yeah. terms of just, in terms of maybe just pure business leaders, you've probably got the Rockefellers Yeah, um, that would be in that class, but I would think. they were more vilified. Yeah. Yeah, although maybe certainly during the time they were alive, but I wonder, you know, I think probably post-mortem, maybe not. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think there's probably some recognition that they were, you know, outstanding outstanding businessmen at least. But I think for me the Jobs is uh, sort of goes beyond all of that. And uh, because he really um, – <clears throat> he was a part of a generation – yeah, he really grew up. I, I thought it was interesting. I remember reading something from him where he felt the way that we th talk about him, he thought about Hewlett Packard. Yeah, right. You know, he he idolized those guys. He thought they were, and I imagine in their day, they were probably very similar. They probably uh, were. They probably, you know, they were doing things that nobody else was doing. They were, uh, you know, bringing computing to the masses. They were doing all these innovative things and very humble guys, which I don't know, Steve Jobs, I don't know if he was humble or not. His reputation certainly is, his public reputation was not that, but I don't know what he was like in private. But, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's too bad. And I was I was talking to someone this afternoon and I said, what's what's upsetting to me is, or what's disappointing is I feel like the next, 15 to 20 years are going to be so interesting and I would have loved to have seen him be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that gets right to the, uh, right to the heart of the sentiment, I think. Yeah. And it's, so it's not that, um, obviously it's, it's tragic that he died, but he lived a, yeah, he obviously had a very successful life and from all accounts was, you know, loved by his family and things. So he wasn't a, you know, he wasn't a jackass or anything like that at home. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people are when they're that successful and usually sure. their, their home life's a wreck and he seemed to find a way through all of that. And yeah, he did. So it, it's really too bad. He was, he was, uh, he was certainly the icon of our, of our generation, I believe. Yeah. So, so. here's, here's something, uh, uh, over here in Cambridge in Kendall square, I live in the Kendall square area. The, uh, right down the street from me there for this past six months, they've been, having all this heavy equipment in there. They're ripping up the, the sidewalk and everything was 
roped off and chained off. And maybe about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, they finally started to take the barricades down and you could see what they were doing. They were making this nice little plaza. It's got this little grassy area. It's very nice. And every probably 10 feet or so, there is a large granite block that's sunk in to the foot traffic level that has a famous person. And interestingly, there is uh, one block for Steve Jobs and it says the founder of Apple. And it says, uh, it's all carved in there. I have the picture on 353rd.com. Being the richest man in the cemetery doesn't matter to me. Going to bed at night saying we've done something wonderful, that's what matters to me. Yeah, that's an awesome quote. It is. And and the thing is, like, here it is, this brand new, what looks, it's literally right in front. It's the first stone you come to. Somebody had left a little, you know, apple on it and some flowers and, and uh, candles. And you can see the picture on 353rd. Uh, but it, I thought it was eerie. I mean, spooky, really, to yeah. show up. And here's this thing. I mean, he has not died 24 hours ago. And... I'm standing here and there's a piece of stone in the ground looking like a grave. It's just very shocking. Huh. The news is over there right now. It's, they've got the place swarmed right now. They're interviewing famous people and all this kind of thing there. So uh, it's quite interesting. I, I caught a picture of it on my iPhone before, I, uh, before they came in. So you can take a look. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I think yeah. what will be, uh, not to overuse the word interesting, but what will be interesting to watch is – how Apple does now that, um, you know, before I think everybody sort of thought, okay, at some point he'll be back. And then, of course, he stepped down, if, you know, whenever that was a couple of yeah, months like ago. a month ago. A month or two ago. And you say, oh, well, this is actually pretty serious probably. And then, but you, I think everybody probably still thought, you know, obviously we didn't know his health condition exactly. But I think most people, if you would have asked them, they would have said, oh, yeah, he'll be back. Well, and, I mean, yeah, at and, least a few years. I right, mean, right, exactly. Yeah. And, the, you know, he would kind of see this wave through where he's yeah. been so just unbelievably successful that he would see the end of that run. Yeah. And obviously he has, but not in the way that I think everybody would have preferred. No, so, agreed, agreed. So it's it's too bad, but on the other hand, I think he's, you know, there's a legacy there. For me, it's not about you know, the money that he made or the things that he did, it's a, it's a real, it's a, uh, it's a challenge to do that, that kind of work. That's what he leaves behind in my opinion is, you know, his, his quote about, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it was, you know, realizing that you're going to die is the best way to realize that you have nothing to lose. Yeah. It's the best motivator. Uh, Yeah, that's right. I think, uh, some of that came from that Stanford speech, yep. which is very Yeah, that thing is just loaded good. with yeah, um, really amaz- amazing uh, sentiments. Yeah. So yep. anyway, uh, it's too bad, but uh, yeah. but it'll be it'll be fun to enjoy the his uh, the spoils of his life's work for the next few years at least. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, much more than uh, next few years. I think it's uh, you know certainly been industry changing, and it'll it'll you know his his impact will be decades and decades, uh, in my yep. opinion. So, yep. talking about uh, companies that are among that realm, would you consider Amazon to be in the realm of Apple? And the reason I bring this up is because of the new Kindle Fire and the and basically they're rounding out of the Kindle line. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. In my opinion, I think Amazon and Jeff Bezos are Bezos are right there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have nearly the public persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not nearly as inspiring to, you know, if you ever watch him speak, he doesn't command the kind of, you know, you're not sitting there waiting on the next thing he has to say when he's talking in public. But everything that company does just makes a ton of sense. And and I love the new, I love the new uh, Kindle Fire. I think it's a fantastic product, not because it's, you know, it's an iPad and not because it's, you know, it's, they just did it in my mind and they did the product the right way. They went about it the right way. And you and I have talked about this, the synergy between hardware and software and how that's so important now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the approach that they've taken where they were just like Apple, they waited till they had it baked and then they released it and they didn't talk about it in the public domain a lot. Yeah. They were just like, everybody knew it was coming, but nobody knew what it looked like. Nobody knew really what it was going to be. Yeah. And, you know, they launch it and it's, it does all of the things. I think it's, it does all the things that Amazon needs a device like that to do. Yeah. It drives, you know, all the content is Amazon. It drives everybody back to their company. I think so, that's why, I think that's why it's compelling. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, and I, so I look at this, uh, you know, certainly with the, you know, release and get something out like, you know, you have Apple Siri uh, voice uh, assistant kind of thing that they're just showing off uh, just two days ago, Tim Cook at the uh, iPhone 4S event, where they talked about how this technology in the iPhone can just understand your voice and understand context and blah, blah, blah. Well, Microsoft bought, you know, a, a speech company three years ago, and where's the product, you know? Yeah. Doesn't seem, so, so Apple, you know, has been executing. So has Amazon. I wouldn't, I argue that they don't have near the design aesthetic. As a matter of fact, they they have anything but, right? Yep. Their, their stuff no, looks it's terrible. Much more, much more practical. It right? is. And, and, and they're really the low price leader. But, but you've got two companies here, Apple and Amazon, that both have a sizable media empire and now a hardware empire, the both of them. So yep. is that, I mean, I, it, it, I see Amazon as the Walmart of the internet. So I think that I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, that's so, so exactly what they are. Do you do you see any other company in that uh, sort of you know two sides of the of the coin business? Because the way I see it, it's really Amazon and Apple. A- Amazon being the low end, and Apple being the you know designed well and and the high end and and more costly option. But those are the two options. And who else is in this game? I yeah, mean, it's. I mean, who would? You, are you going to go buy a Motorola Zoom? I mean, come yeah, on. You're not, right. What does Motorola have? And the other thing is uh, Microsoft, right? They yeah, don't well, have they, the media. Yeah, and the thing that yeah they're missing media, and they're also missing the hardware piece. And yeah. you and I have talked about this before that they just they seem tied to this way of doing things where they go through their hardware channel to get all their stuff released. And it's just, I don't understand. There was a, there was a, and there was a, pre, there was a Microsoft event a month or so ago where one of the Microsoft idiots got up on stage and, and started his presentation with, hello, Microsoft, this is iPad, you won. Yeah. And talking about the Windows 8 stuff. And meanwhile, he's up there on stage talking about it. And there's no, there's no set dates for release. There's no known hardware providers that are that are that are adopting this. There's no strategy for having it. There's no 
it's just this it's there it's like they haven't changed at all from you know 1998 when, have, it's, when it's, that strategy worked great because they were the only game in town yeah so so that's that's exactly it they don't they don't uh, you can of course argue myopic you know myopicness but really what i see there it's it's not so much myopic vision and and uh just sort of you know crazy hubris it's the the it's just a fundamental difference in strategy here you've got a company that just they they announce everything you know two years before it comes out and they see developers and and it's it's all sort of a old school hype machine in my view of things no i agree i remember when i was when i was working at semantic I remember going to, you know, Semantic is kind of that kind of company as well. Yeah. Where I remember going to trade shows and, and you know, as a Semantic employee and the keynote, uh, you know, the, the CEO of Semantic would get up and talk about products being released that were, that I knew for a fact were six to nine months out. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, why, uh, you know, why now where when products are you know typically typically products a are coming out early right i mean it's usually yeah. i get it out early and i get you know you get in this feedback loop yeah, with customers and, and iterate quickly like why are these guys talking about something that we all know as is is nowhere near being ready and when it comes out won't be what anybody wants and and you know there's parts of semantic that operate very well i'm not gonna i'm obviously it's a it's the company yeah. does does very well. It's not oh, that, but it, but yeah. there's, but there it's that same mindset of well, we need to. It's like it's you know at the time I remember, McAfee was you know very much uh, you know they were all over the press. They were getting all the positive press, and because of the products they were releasing, the companies they were acquiring, and all the strategy was much more cohesive. And it was like you, they were just throwing stuff out there to try to beat some of that back. Yeah. And that's what the and that's what that Microsoft the the doofus at Microsoft sounded like. It's like well, it's 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 clearly a strategy that that worked at some time, or they wouldn't be doing yeah, it. Yeah, no, obviously. Or right? is but it is it the result of a of a, an environment? I think that may be it. Like they they're they're caught in this, you know, got to re- announce earlier, got to announce earlier, got to announce earlier, and you know, to the to just crazy lunacy, you know, extremes. Maybe yeah, that might it. be. Maybe and maybe they feel like they've got to do something, or they're maybe this is what they feel like uh, you know keeps them relevant and keeps them in the conversation. And to be fair, I mean, out, coming out of that, the developers that got uh, they gave away de- uh, devices at the event to everybody that was there, and it was a funny video that I forget who it was, Engadget or somebody like that, posted a video of the stampede of developers coming out of the keynote and going to get their, you know, new Windows 8 tablet or whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it, it just didn't, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And, yeah. the, and, but, you know, some of it is that I've gotten used to, so the Amazon release, the Kindle Fire release was very much an Apple-like release mm-hmm. where it comes out, it's, it's not everything to all people. Yeah. And if you remember the early iPhone, you know everybody. Sure. They were like, "Okay, well, there's basic things missing from the iPhone." There's no three G. There, you, yeah, right. you can't right? do. Apps. But it was, yeah. and the people had similar reactions to the Kindle Fire. But what they had was good. Yeah, you know what the Kindle Fire has 
and what it does, it does well. Yeah, it doesn't mean it that it has the aesthetics of, of an iPad or something like that, but they weren't trying to do that either. Yeah. And so they've got, if you look at those two companies, they've got the media. So they've got all the movies, books, you know, whatever the, so they've got all of the content locked up. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's very well integrated to the device. And then the device itself uh, it serves the purpose that they built it for. Yeah. And Microsoft doesn't seem to have the media strategy, as you said, and that seems to me to be a giant hole. Yeah, it is, and and you know, it's it's the long term effect I think of kind of outsourcing all the stuff. They don't have the hardware either. Yeah. You know. They don't have the hardware and they don't have the media. So all they are, the software, and that can't be the whole picture anymore. So uh, not in that, certainly not in that space. Not in this space, right? It may work for other areas. Certainly, uh, you know, higher up in the market, uh, that may work fine. So you know, it's not like Microsoft's going out of business tomorrow. But I don't see anybody else. I think that has that kind of you know got like. The different hardware manufacturers, none of them, like LG, Samsung, whatever, none of them have media. You know, yeah, you kind of have Sony, but they're just so – because they have media, but they're so out of it. They're yeah, not they're, even, they're just getting their head bashed in. They are. Um, I mean, that, that's interesting. So what did Sony do? They're, they're, this was a company that literally the Walkman was – Unbelievable! Yeah. You think about Walkman, PlayStation, uh, yeah, Discman, uh, everybody all of the had music, these things, all the music right? that they had, right? They had a huge mu- yeah. music empire. So these I were mean, they, they were they were really well designed on the hardware side, but the software side was not. Yeah, it, and and it was really minimal software. It was not even smart in most cases. But uh, so that's where they lost their way. I think you know you look at all the Sony products and and. It's good enough software, but it's not a uh, you know it's not anywhere near the level of a polish of an iPhone operating you know iOS or something. No. So so who I don't see anybody else in this game. It's really Apple and Amazon. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's interesting that it's you know we both we talk about Amazon a lot. I love that company. I, I love everything they do. Yeah. Um, they just seem to have. It's like every. Uh, you know, and the other space that they're going to, I think that they will end up owning is the local deal space. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that before yep. that, uh, sure. you know, they've got, uh, when I can get something, I can get a deal from a company I trust. I can pay for it with an Amazon account that I already have. Yeah. You know, the friction that the, the friction reduction that that introduces in the transaction is, I mean, here's a great example. I was, I got a, uh, you know, I subscribed to Groupon here for Raleigh, uh-huh. and I got a. There was a Groupon thing this morning for I need to get my yard uh, aerated and seeded and all that stuff. Yeah. And so there was a Groupon this morning that was a fantastic deal. Yeah. And and if it had been an Amazon local deal, I would have done it. But on Groupon, I was like, well, if I if it if I do this, I don't have a Groupon account. Um, you know, I'm just subscribed to the Twitter feed or whatever. Yeah. And so I don't have a Groupon account. Uh, and my wife does, so I, ca- I called her up and I said, you know, get this thing. It's a great deal. She's like, I can't do it right now. And so it just it went away. It that just went it. away. I never yeah. got it. Yeah. And whereas if it had been, if I'd gotten that deal on Amazon, I would have just been clicked by. Yeah. Done. Uh, <laughs> Groupon. Like, yeah. I, I hate to talk about Groupon. Yeah, but we don't. It, yeah, we don't need to go down that yeah, rabbit trail. Yeah, it, it's just. But. Well, I mean, the the fact of the matter is that that makes a lot of sense. A business like that makes a lot of sense in business school, I think. But when you get in the real world, you, you know, just 
just a, like you're saying, a, a transaction system alone will make or break that. And if you're hanging your entire IPO on that, that's, that's you know, it's, that's a yeah. tall order. Their IPO's got other issues, yeah, like does. Fraud, fraudulent accounting practices and things like that. But <laughs> Let's call it what it is, you know. Yeah. So talking yeah. about fraudulent uh, accounting practices and, uh, you know, Wall Street mayhem, Hedge funds. This is very interesting. Ran, ran across a uh, story in New Scientist. Uh, there's a link to it on 353rd.com. Uh, so uh, hedge funds evaluating Twitter feeds to predict market direction. Um, they're basing this on the general sentiment from Twitter posts, and I thought this was really interesting. The idea, if you think about it, the market is really just what everybody thinks something is worth. Yep. You know? It totally so, is. It is perception, not reality. Yeah. So, so you've got this this stream of consciousness, in a sense, that's arguably broad enough now because of the the wide swath of people using Twitter, uh, you know, and critically not tech guys, right? Yep. Just, just wide swath, uh, and they are voicing their opinions about a bunch of things, and there are relatively simple things you can do to garner uh, what this tweet is about, whether or not it's negative or positive or hopeful or, or sad or, you know, they have all, they have a couple of different markers that they look for. Mm-hmm. It becomes a relatively simple uh, stream to figure out what sentiment is on, on various stocks. And if you, if you kind of play forward a little bit and, and buy and sell on this, uh, these notions and maybe put some constraints around it so you don't lose your shirt, you know, yep. just kind of go a little conservatively to begin with. I can see how easily how that would uh, you, you would you would be able to do some things that that really do kind of time the market. Um, no, I agree. I think if you if you if you consider so something either very good or very bad happens to a particular company, uh, whether so let's think about a practical example: Airbnb. Yeah. When that uh, when that girl had her all of that stuff stolen out of her apartment, and the the people that were staying there just completely trashed her apartment. Yeah, Airbnb yeah, if, is it, a uh, site that you go to to essentially rent out your house. Yeah, yeah. So you can rent out your house while you're gone or whatever. Or room, but the whatever. but the but the thing that was interesting about it is that that was so. Imagine they're still a private company, but imagine if they had been a public company. Yeah, I mean that that. A uh, particular event was all over Twitter and uh, the social media space for probably three to four days. Yeah, before I mean, it hit the main press. Yeah, before er- and everybody was talking about it, and yeah. and so just imagine, I can see very easily how, uh, you know, you have some, you've got some algorithm that starts paying attention when a particular company gets over X number of uh, posts about something in a day, and then you start to, as you said, you start to evaluate. The uh, you know, the words and all of those kinds of things in these posts, and uh, it wouldn't be hard to say, okay, this is the news is trending negative on Airbnb. You know, start paying attention to it. Uh, you know, and advise our advise our investors to sell. Yeah, yeah, it's not that hard. It's not that big of a jump at all. Yeah, I think uh, hedge funds. I mean, traditionally have been the ones that because they're regulated differently because in, investors that get into hedge funds have to uh, reach a, a minimum bar of net worth and, and this type of thing. They exempt themselves from some of the traditional 
you know, financial system checks that uh, yep. that are out there. So they are able to be a a little bit more innovative and be a little bit more forward thinking and and uh, you know creative, I suppose. And and a lot of these things that they come up with, you could argue, are are kind of you know you know shady at best, uh, sort of uh, sort of a, a sham. But in this case, I think this is very legitimate. Like uh, to be able to mine public sentiment on something uh, and and have some know-how before or knowledge about it before Wall Street comes up with it is you know inf- information is valuable. That's basically the big asset. So yep. uh, the question is, as Gordon is, Gecko said, the most valuable commodity I know of is information. Absolutely, right right from the words of the man, <laughs> so, the mouth of the man. Uh, the, the mythical man with the plan anyway. So, so, but the thing is, I think, uh, the, that wall street will eventually catch up to this. I think this is one of the things, maybe it's not Twitter. Maybe it's a little bit more broad. I don't know that I think is the vote is still out there, but, uh, Twitter is a fantastic platform for this kind of thing. I think that's going to filter down pretty quick to, uh, to wall street. And then it, it brings up the interesting uh, uh, world of gaming Twitter to move the market because that's still a possibility. Like I could mine a bunch of accounts. You could amass some sort of a, you know, loose-knit, basically bot network uh, yeah, that, that cross-posts on Twitter and pushes a penny stock, you know, a few points up and yep. you can make out like a killing. So yep. that that's sort of the dangerous other side of this. If this really reaches Wall Street in a big way, which I I think it really could. Uh, yeah. You know, well, isn't that I, already happening though? I mean, you've got sort of you've got these people. You've got the yeah, ability but they are, but, to. But they, what they are doing uh, is is looking at words from uh, you know AP stories and sure. and the Wall Street Journal, right? These the mainstream press. This is like a precursor to mainstream press, sort of. Yeah, this is public sentiment for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I don't think they're doing that. You know, no, but my point was, aren't there's already uh, sort of you have the ability to influence markets. I mean, the, if, yeah. If, yeah, already there's you know I'm sure that there's automated stuff in place that sort of moves with the public. I, but your point is a good one. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And these guys, they raised 25 million pounds. Yeah. Um, so it's you know somebody thinks it's a at least a decent idea to have a crack at. Yeah. And so I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they make out. Yeah, agreed. So uh well, we're going to have to we're kind of running out of time here, so we're going to have to cut it short, but more cool ideas next time, next week on 353rd and we will see you then. Yeah, please uh please pay attention to us on Twitter at 353rd and uh and post your comments online. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. Check Until us out on time. iTunes. Till next time.